Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. It's time to roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty with Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Dirt Radio, that's us. Good morning. And uh, this is the next edition of the show. We're sponsored by Friends of the Earth. You can check them up at melbourne.fo.org.au. This week, we continue our special series highlighting Faux's Six Months to Make a Difference campaign, which will lead up to the Victorian state election on November 24th this year. I'm John Langer, and yes, this is Dirt Radio. Let's just backtrack a bit. At the beginning of each month, between now and the election, we're going to be having an in-depth discussion around some of the key issues that Friends of the Earth wants candidates of all political persuasions to take on board as they formulate policy and take their appeals to voters around the state. Two weeks ago, we focused on emission reduction targets and what that would mean to have a state-based budget focused specifically on climate change. This week on Dirt Radio, we're going to pick up on this theme, but to do it from a slightly different point of view, we're going to take the point of view of the communities to look at what community-based initiatives are being put in place and in real and practical ways, what initiatives are actually dealing with emission reduction targets and the impacts of climate change. And in fact, some of the most interesting and I would say innovative areas where these projects are happening is not in Melbourne, as you might expect, but in the regional and rural areas of Victoria. Colin Lambie is a founding member of the Bendigo Sustainability Group, which he tells me started in a town hall meeting in Bendigo in 2007. Welcome to Dirt Radio, Colin. Good morning, John. Now, tell us about the Bendigo Sustainability Group. Briefly, what is it and what does it do? Well, it's it's like uh, many sustainability or environmental groups across uh, the state or country or the world. Um, it, uh, as you say, formed uh, 10 or so years ago. It, um, uh, you know, a whole bunch of people concerned about the impact of climate change. And, uh, you know, they got together and, and decided to work out what they could do and how they could do it. And, um, uh, and uh, yeah, so we have various um, uh, ways of focusing on the problem. And, and uh, you know, some of us focus on one thing more than another. Certainly uh, that's the case for myself. I focus more on renewable energy, having that sort of background. Mm, mm. Uh, but, but, yeah, like Sunday night, we had a group get together and talked about waste. Uh, we have a, we've had a few um, initiatives on waste over the years. Uh, there've been like competitions about reducing uh, landfill waste, and um, so you know people would put a sticker on their rubbish bin and and try to uh, achieve a level of rubbish uh, somewhat below that. Yes. And, um, so that that was that ran two or three times over the years. Uh, more recently, there's a group got together. Uh, the group, all our groups are called action groups. And uh, this particular one is called Plastic Wise Bendigo, and you can find all these on our website, bsg.org.au. And uh, their their main focus at the moment is um, the, the boomerang bags um, campaign that's that started in Australia um, up um, uh, up near Brisbane, I think. Um, and uh, 
it, it's spread across the world, and uh, and it only started a few years ago. I, I learned all this last night. Mm, mm. Um, these these uh, people get together and uh, make these bags, which obviously able to be used um, over and over. They're they're made from material which uh, would normally go to landfill. Yes, and uh, and they're of course replacing uh, the plastic bags, uh, mm. which end up in landfill. Let me just. Yeah, uh, so that's, that's, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, well, it's just one of the uh, one of the many action groups. There's, um, yeah, well, last night um, we had about six or seven uh, of the action groups reporting on what they're doing, and uh, at another event. Um, and so, uh, have you heard about our pump storage hydro here in Bendigo? No, I haven't. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, because one of the things I was, uh, we'll maybe come back to that, but one of the things that I understood that you were particularly involved in is rooftop solar. And uh, back in 2010, I just wanted to, you to talk a little bit about this. Uh, you started something called the Solar Hub. And, um, yes. What, what is a solar hub? And, and apparently your initiative in 2010 was a huge success. Yes, it was. Uh, it, uh, it was one of five, I think, five or six uh, across Victoria that were funded by the state government. Uh, it was towards, towards the end of the, uh, the Labor uh, government that was in power at the time. Uh, we got the grant just before they lost that election. Um, and anyway, we uh, ran that program over 2011-2012. Uh, we ended up with nearly two megawatts of solar going mostly on residential roof rooftops. Uh, there wasn't much interest from the commercial sector uh, at that time, mm. and uh, but lots of interest from the uh, residential sector, and it was across uh, the two shires, um, City of Greater Bendigo and Mount Alexander, which is Castlemaine um, area. Mm. And um, yeah, so there was lots of rooftop solar. So we um, now have a higher penetration on average than uh, certainly Victoria, and I think even we're certainly up there with the um, the Australian uh, penetration rate of solar on rooftops. So and, was it, it was uh, a so, hu- huge, huge success and a very early initiative on that. Yeah, I guess we'd been running, you know, community bulk buys for a year or two before that, you know, as you know, as the volunteers. Uh, yeah, you know, we we back then we we're getting um, free advertising in the local newspaper. We haven't had that for a long time, mm. and um, um, yeah, so we we're you know we were running public events talking about solar, you know, the economics. Uh, we used to talk about the environmental benefit. We don't bother about that now. We figure just talking about the economic benefits is enough. Yep. And, um, <laughs> and, and you know, that's where most people are at. They're, yeah, of you course. Know, they come along there. Absolutely. You know, yep, yep. Hurting, hurting the back pocket, the, uh, the cost of electricity. And, yep, yep. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Look, at the other thing I was just to, just to sort of roll on a little bit more, over the years, the uh, group's established uh, a few what, what I, I understand are, are called community-owned rooftop solar projects. And uh, one I was particularly interested in, which she sent me some information about just a little bit, was about the Bendigo trams and uh, yes. th- that they're being powered by solar energy. And uh, Friends of the yep. Earth is actually trying to get politicians of all persuasions to get something like this off the ground in Melbourne. Tell us what, what mm. went on in Bendigo. Yeah, well, we originally, it was three years ago, 2015, that we decided to, well, we talked to the, well, actually it was two or three years before then, that we went to the council and they were renovating the library and we said, well, can we put solar on the library? If you're not going to do it, let, can we put it there and then you pay us for the electricity from that? And uh, anyway, so that took two or three years to come to an agreement and, and we raised the money using crowdfunding to, to put 20 kilowatts on the library and... Um, 
Uh, so yeah, the council we've got a power purchase agreement with them for twenty years to um, that they pay us for the Very. value of the electricity from that solar. So we did that, and then we did a crowdfunding to put solar on the Discovery Centre, Science and Discovery. We just did that as a community service, mm. and um, we're also in the middle of putting solar on the council's archive centre. And and anyway, a local charity approached us about you know what we were doing, and and they had they have money invested in term deposits and the like, and they liked the idea of investing in local um, renewable energy and solar on the tram depot was their suggestion. And uh, so we um, spent, well, it took us about a year to put that together, um, mm. talking to the tram depot people and uh, and the charity. And uh, so that's the charity owns the solar, the 50 kilowatts on the tram mm. depot. Mm. It It's 50 kilowatts. It generates 40% of the tram's um, electricity consumption. Amazing. Um, so, and, and, yeah, so that happened before the state government decided to um, invest in a solar farm or a part of a solar farm yes. or wind farm, not sure which, uh, that uh, powers the uh, the Melbourne tram. So, yeah, we were a bit ahead of them. <laughs> oh, well, that's really a quite quite astonishing. And, and uh, in terms of actually negotiating, now, your community group, you, you obviously do have to go through a, a whole bunch of negotiations with various authorities yeah. and officials and, uh, and so on. Mm. Do, do you find some stumbling blocks? Are people <laughs> very... Uh, are they pretty much embracing what you're what you're putting out there at this point? Uh, yes, uh, there, there are some, you know, people who have trouble getting their head around how it works. But um, fortunately, there's enough people that uh, you know can see the benefits. Um, they, so, with the with regard to the solar on the library, the council don't uh, pay exactly what they pay uh, to their retailer. So it, it looks like they're not saving any money, but they are because they have a emissions reduction target mm-hmm. and, and you know, there are various ways of achieving that. One, you know, upgrade lighting and solar on roofs and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're actually achieving part of their emissions reduction target at no cost uh, because of the solar we have on their library. So, um, so yeah, they're achieving a, a, a you know, a small addition to their um, emissions reduction. So it has to be a, a little bit of a fine grain sort of, you're working through um, very, very localised organisations and, and groups. It, it's a very fine grain kind of thing that you're doing at this point. Uh, yes, I, I, I guess uh, we'd like to um, scale up uh, big time. We're, um, we're working on that now with this uh, latest uh, project we're doing called uh, the Community Power Hub. Uh, it's another state government funded uh, program. Uh, we're one of three in Victoria. There's us, Ballarat and Latrobe. And and we're now trying to establish multiple community-owned solar rooftop projects and hopefully a solar farm, community-owned mm. solar farm. Mm. And, and the solar rooftops is relatively easy compared to the solar farm and uh, certainly the up to 100 kilowatt size projects you know, the return on investment. So basically, we're going to the community asking for community members to invest the money to put solar on the rooftop of a host. The host gets a small reduction in electricity cost. Um, and, and then at the end of 10 years, the investors got their money back and a good return on investment. And we hand over the, the solar system, could be worth $100,000. Mm. We hand it over to the host for nothing. Mm. Mm. So, you know, they get a small benefit over the 10 years, but then they get a big benefit 
after that. So your so, work, you've got your work cut out for you in the in the coming weeks and months and years. Yes. I, I think it yes. sounds, but it sounds very ambitious and also very inspiring, Colin. So um, look, I'd, I'd really like to talk more to you, but I, unfortunately, we're just about out of time. So okay, well, I just like to get a plug in for the current um, projects, which are fundraising to put solar on a couple of sites. One, the Eagle Hawk Badminton and Table Tennis Stadium. The other being some social housing homes in a uh, part of Bendigo. Uh, obviously, these are people who um, you know ha- have mm-hmm. this sort of home um, uh, because of low incomes, etc. And uh, so we're doing fundraising. So you know, hopefully, people will go to our website bsg.org.au and uh, find our um, community. Um, renewable projects on on there in the middle up the top, and uh, and they can donate by um, you know using credit card or um, direct deposit or send a check. We will put that information up on the Dirt Radio website as well, Colin, for sure. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And I wish you all the best with your work and with the uh, Bendigo Sustainability Group as well. Thank you very much, John. And I was t- talking there with. Uh, Colin Lambie, and he's the founding member and now treasurer of the Bendigo Sustainability Group and, as you heard, extremely active in the community. This is Dirt Radio. Faithful gardeners, it's time to turn on and tune in to our annual Radiothon on Sunday the 24th of June from 7.30 to 10am and help keep your favourite gardening show growing. Listen in on Sunday the 24th of June and call 9419-8377 for great deals on seeds, new organic products, gardening tools, nursery vouchers, magazine subscriptions and new green focus book titles or make a tax deductible donation to support 3CR Community Radio. Join us at the station after the show from 10 till 12pm to pick up your prizes, have a cuppa and say hello. Dig deep for the 2018 3CR Gardening Radiothon, 7.30 till 10am on Sunday the 24th of June. I love trees with all their lovely leaves Lifting up their branches to the sky This is Dirt Radio and we are talking about some community initiatives Uh, related to all kinds of things to do with the environment and the climate situation and the reduction of emissions. Now let's move on from Bendigo to a little town called Tarnagulla. Linda Kennedy is a member of the Tarnagulla Alternative Energy Group and for such a small group, seemingly in an out-of-the-way place, they're kicking some major climate goals. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. How are you? Good. Now, I want us to start off with a little wee bit of a geography lesson. Where is Tarnagulla? Tarnagulla is between Bendigo and Maryborough. Um, it's a tiny little goldfield town. Right. Now, you're kicking some major goals, and I'm not talking about the World Cup because it's on at the moment, but that's not what I'm talking about. What happened? What, what are the, what's, what's been going on? Uh, look, it was fantastic. Uh, Friends of the Earth held um, a climate and energy forum in Maryborough last year, and uh, I was there, and the minister announced a uh, climate change innovation grant, and I'm always very interested in what's happening 
with uh, climate change. So uh, we held a forum in our town, a workshop, and uh, we worked with the people who turned up from our town to see what they felt needed to happen around climate change. And so it was great. It was really good. So they did some real, really good brainstorming. And uh, from there, we formed a committee and uh, we've decided to do a study on what our strengths are in the town and our weaknesses and work on a plan to make our town resilient in the face of climate change. And you applied for the grant and? And we've been successful, so Yay. that is fantastic. <laughs> Terrific. Um, so we're, we're still very early stages. We're, we're just uh, at this point um, finalising our plan. Yep. Um, and hopefully in uh, July we'll start in earnest and, and really start working on our plan, which will go for about two years, our project. Yes. Um, and at the end of that, hopefully we will have a really in-depth knowledge of our town how climate change is affecting our town in particular Mm. and have a plan to move forward with. Just in in relation to getting a little bit of a profile of of the town, uh, Tarnagulla, just give us an idea how how many people live there or live in the vicinity, just just to give us a little bit of a a picture. Yeah, sure. Um, So we really are a tiny little goldfields town. There's there's quite a few towns around that are similar to ours, but they've all got their their own um, <coughs> personalities. Mm. Our town um, has a population of 133 people, and and our population has been going down as you go through the different censuses. Right. Um, we have a median age of 61, which is which is quite um, mm. uh, yeah points to us having quite an elderly population. Uh, we probably have quite a low um, income um, on average. Mm. Uh, yeah, so a really, really tiny town. That, that used to be a large area, a uh, farming community all around us. Yes. Um, and we probably connect in with our, our um, districts around us as well. They're sort of part of our town. When I, I did a little bit of an investigation myself to just find a little bit more about the town, of course, it was a part of the goldfields and it was a it was a thriving goldfields town at one point as well. It was. And we have some interesting buildings here from that time as well. Our, our local hall um, was one of the uh, few halls in Victoria. Yeah, the, the hall itself in Victoria was actually attached to a hotel. So it was a hotel with a theatre. Mm, mm, um, mm. Yeah, and we've also got a very large. Um, we've got a, a cricket pavilion that was built, you know, 150 years ago uh, at our local reserve, which is really interesting as well. So, yeah, it was a thriving area at one point. And in terms of the actual investigation that you're going to be doing, what what's a, what are the sorts of things you'd be looking at? I I, I imagine you'd be looking at things like. Um, Drought and and rainfall and and impacts of uh, of those sorts of things. What what other things would you be looking at? Uh, yeah, definitely, we'd be looking at that sort of thing. Um, I guess we we expect to discover things like how extreme weather events um, are likely to affect us, um, both 
farming families and um, the town itself. Uh, natural disasters are another thing that mm. you tend to think about when you think about climate change. Um, bushfire certainly comes to mind here because we're right in amongst um, an area of nature conservation reserve. Right. So a lot of um, a lot of bush around us. Yes. Um, but we're going a little bit deeper than that because what we're trying to do is develop resilience. And a lot of studies have pointed to that communities that are well-connected and happy and functioning effectively have the ability to bounce back after after disaster and work together really well. So we're going a little bit deeper than, than just looking at the possible impacts of climate change, but how we can make ourselves strong. So we're looking at the nitty-gritty of, uh, you know, I guess with the elderly population, um, you wonder whether people um, have transport if there was some sort of a disaster. Do they have um, a way to get themselves cool in a heat wave? Um, yeah, we just... And at this point... We're actually not anticipating what's going to come out of the study. It, we, we truly want it to be a study. We want it to be... Mm. Um, we want the uh, plan that we walk away with to be driven by the community. That They might have some really innovative ideas about how we need to function. Um, so we don't want to preempt what might come out of the study, um, but just ask them some really... Um, interesting questions that cover a heap of different mm-hmm. areas so that we can find out what are the issues in this town. And the same with the strengths as well. You know, we'll find... One of the things um, I'm very aware of is that in a town this small, um, a very obvious strength is that it's really easy for us to communicate with each other and we know who's who and we know who can do what. So um, that's a really strong mm. point right from the start. Mm-hmm. Very interesting to hear what you're talking about, and 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 really, as you said, you, you're just at the beginning of the process. So there's there's a, a, a an unfolding which is going to be taking place. The other thing that um, you mentioned when I, we were talking previously is that you're hoping that maybe what you're doing in Tarnagulla might be something that could be applied in other communities as well. I'm hoping that it will give other communities an idea of how to go about doing a similar thing. It has to be individualised because the strength of this is that we're looking for a Tanagala solution and every town is a little bit different. Mm. Um, The reasoning behind that is that if the solutions are created by the people who are in the town, they're likely to come up with a very relevant solution to their town. They're also more likely to back it 100% if it's something they've come up with and if it's something that's been decided by somebody mm, else. Absolutely, them. absolutely. So very much, yeah, very mm. much about communities doing it for themselves. And, um, yeah, I'm hoping that other towns um, will find parts of our project that they find really useful so that they can start doing some work to strengthen their areas because there are a lot of little towns like Tanagawa that are are uh, shrinking and um, with changing climate, mm. things are getting harder. Mm-hmm. 
Linda, we're, we're just about out of time, and I, I want to thank you very much for being on Dirt Radio this morning and also wish you all the best for your uh, coming study and investigation. And maybe maybe uh, a few months down the track, we might catch up again and see how far you've gotten and what you've been discovering. Thank you, John, and thanks for being interested in our project because it's, uh, we think it's going to be really exciting. All the best to you. Yeah, I'll let you know more when we know more. Okay, speak to you soon. And I was talking there with Linda Kennedy. She's a member of the Tarnagala Alternative Energy Group. And as you heard, they received a grant to investigate the potential impacts of climate change on their town and the local community. That's it for Dirt Radio for another week. We'll be back next Tuesday. And thanks again to our guest, Colin Lambie, and uh, from the Bendigo Sustainability Group, Linda Kennedy from the Tarnagala Alternative Energy Group. Dirt Radio is affiliated with Friends of the Earth, and the podcast of this show will be loaded up fairly soon. Speak to you next week.